Welcome back, everybody, to another great week of great messages. Tonight, we're going to be kicking off a new series on the promises of God. The reason why I felt inspired to uh, kick off with this series, especially going into the last few days of the year, heading into 2022, is because you hear so many Christians, preachers, worship leaders, they even have a song out that goes, uh, all his promises are yes and amen. You know what I mean? Where people are always saying, how many of you know that all the promises of God are amen in Christ? And people are always telling you that you can have the promises of God. But if you ever sit people down and say, hey, that's great. What are some of the promises of God? What are the promises that God gave to Abraham? And uh, more often than not, you'll get an answer like, well, you know that he'll be the, the father of, of many descendants that he's called Father Abraham because his descendants will be as many as the stars. And uh, you'll just get something like that where they have an idea. They have an idea of the promises of God, but not too many people are willing to go into detail about the over 6,600 promises that are in the Bible that belong to you as a born-again Christian. Now again, these promises don't belong to people that just believe in God. If you watched my Christmas Eve service, Hey, John Stafford on YouTube. God bless you, brother. If you watch my Christmas Eve service, it's not enough to just believe in God. My Uncle Brian's on here. He attends AA, and uh, they all believe in a higher power. That's great. A lot of people believe in God. The Bible even says that the demons believe in God, and they tremble. But the Bible doesn't say believing in God is what gets you into heaven. The Bible says giving your life to Jesus Christ, believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is the Son of God, that He died for you, and then reading what the Bible says about His life, because this is the inspired Word of God written by God's Holy Spirit. And when you do those things, then these promises are available to you. If you're a born-again Christian and you're watching this right now, I want you to type in the comments, God's promises belong to me. God's promises belong to me <laughs> even my cousin brian's in here too uncle brian and his son little brian it's not my birthday guys but thank you this is it's so funny it gets me every time it messes up my flow when you're a born-again christian and you give your life to god then you have access to the promises of god now what are god's promises they're more than just the promise given to abraham that you're going to pump out a ton of kids like the amish people no that's not why God puts you here. Although he did say, be fruitful and multiply, your life has much more purpose than just pumping out children. Your life has distinct purpose. And the Bible says in Deuteronomy 28 that the blessings and the promises of God are actually meant to overtake your life. See, when you lay your life down for God, you don't just believe in God, but you surrender your life to him. You read his word. You build your life on his word. When that is the way that you build your life, God's promises and his blessings just overtake you. You, do, you don't even have to fight for them. You don't have to strive. The Bible says it's not by might, nor is it by power, but it's by my spirit. All of a sudden, you'll find out as you're plugged in with God, his promises just overwhelm you. You can't go somewhere without his promises showing up. His promises for your finances to be blessed. If you're a tither, his promises for your house to be protected, for your children to stay on the straight and narrow. All of a sudden, his promises just start overtaking you in your life. And I'm not just talking about the promises 
of pumping out babies. Although that's a great thing. And I know that there's people here that want to pump out a ton of kids. My friend Megan is on this live stream right now. She wants like a minimum of 300 kids. So there's some people like that. But the Bible and God's promises go much more into detail than just pumping out kids. And we're going to get into it right now. So take your Bible with me and make sure you get your notebook out. And I want you to hold your Bible up with me wherever you're at right now. We're going to do something that a great man of God started a few decades ago. I want you to hold your Bible wherever you're at. And I want you to say this with me. Say, this is my Bible. I am who it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. And I can do what it says that I can do. I will read it every day. It is God speaking to me. This is my Bible. My pastor, Pastor Stan Pody down in Ruston, Louisiana, amazing man of God. He has his church, Faith Church Ruston, say that every single week. And it's one of the most firmly grounded churches I've ever seen in my life. People that know the word, even their announcements are anointed because they take God's word seriously. When you're educated, when you're aware, when you're not ignorant of God's promises in his word for your life, his plan for your life, you'll prosper. He said, my, my plans for you are not to harm you, but to prosper you, never to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And when your life is built on the word of God like that, that's the only thing that will happen in your life. So number one, I want you to write this down. We're going to cover, this is going to be a three-part series this week. God's promises. And obviously I can't cover all 7,000 of God's promises that are in the Bible in three sessions. But I'm going to cover a handful of promises. These are three key promises that will significantly change the direction of your life. See, you'll hear in a lot of modern day churches, and I mean probably older churches too, anything that hosts religion teaches Christianity as if it's a hills and valley type of religion. It's not. The difference between Christianity and every other religion is that it's not hills and valleys. We don't serve a dead God. We don't serve a God that cares for us on Monday or on Sunday and hates us on Tuesday and lets us just fall into the ditches. There's nothing in the Word that says that God will allow for you to have a high point and then a low point. But you'll hear a lot of people say funny stuff. Like how many of you know that sometimes there's valley seasons? No, the Bible says even in the valley, God prepares a table for you in the midst of your enemies. You might walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but you'll fear no evil. Nothing will harm you. God is with you. So even though it looks like you're going through a valley, John the Baptist said, call every mountain low and every valley high to make straight a path for the Lord. The path of the Christian is one from glory to glory, continuously upward, always the head and not the tail. Do trials come? Absolutely. Does adversity pop up? 100%. But the beautiful thing is, is the same way that you had tests in elementary school, in middle school, in high school, in college, you always were able to pass the test. And it's the same way in life. Trials come, adversity comes, mountains come, tests will come in your life. But God has given you the answer key to pass every test in your life in Jesus' mighty name. If you believe it and you receive it, I want you to type it in the comments for me. Say, I will pass every test in life. 
You don't have to make mistakes. You don't have to fall short. You don't have to move slow. You can hitch up with God and be a mover for the kingdom. Hey, Nana. Hey, Joshua. And John on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube right now, give it a thumbs up. Share this video with somebody. Same thing on Instagram. Amen. Hey, Faith. God bless you. Faith, I'll be back at the river uh, that last week of January for camp meeting. So I'm looking forward to seeing all you guys again. Number one, this is our first promise. God promises good success. God promises good success. And God's promises are always yes and amen. He makes covenants. God doesn't go back on his word. God's not double-minded. When God says something, his promise stands. And he promises good success. Turn with me in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1. And as you're turning to Joshua chapter 1, I want you to write this down in your notebook. Success always leaves clues. The same way that failure always leaves clues. But it's an old saying in the business world that success always leaves clues. Wherever somebody had success in life, they always leave clues on how they had success. Jesus said it this way, A student is not greater than their teacher, nor a servant greater than their master. In order to get what somebody has in life, you have to do what they did to get it. So success will always leave clues. Vice versa, people that live a life of failure, they're addicted to drinking, they're addicted to drugs, they're on anti-anxiety medications, they're in and out of relationships all the time, they're suicidal, they're, their life just seems to be this downward spiral. There's still clues that lead to that. Now we know it's the devil that comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The devil's the one wreaking havoc on people, but there's clues left behind as to why people, especially Christians, end up where they are. See, the people in the world, they're ignorant. They don't know any better. 99.9% .9 of people on this planet, hey Preston, my brother, God bless you. Merry Christmas. 99.9% .9 of people on the planet have no idea what's going on. They have no idea that there's a spirit world. They have no idea that God who created the heavens and the earth is amongst them all the time, that he's watching everything they do, that he's running after them, that he loves them, that he sent his son to die for them. They have no idea they're in a spiritual battle 24-7. Most people have no idea. So they live a life going from failure to failure. But the Bible says, when you're plugged in with God, that your life goes from victory to victory, and strength to strength, glory to glory, faith to faith, mountaintop to mountaintop, always the head, and never the tail. But it takes not ignorance, it takes education, it takes revelation knowledge. Hosea 4.6, my people destroy themselves due to a lack of knowledge. So I want you to type this in the comments. Success leaves clues always remember that so if you're going into the ministry or business whatever it is whatever your assignment is in the earth understand god will grace you for it he has promises for it 
and we're going to cover those right now. But one of the promises is that God will put people in your life that have had success in the areas that you're assigned to. For example, I'm an evangelist. And I long to have one of, if not the greatest evangelistic ministry to ever touch the planet. And because that's a desire in my heart and I burn with passion for it to build God's house, to build his kingdom, to see many pulled out of darkness and into light, God has actually placed other evangelists in my life that are and are going where I want to be. For example, one of my mentors, evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth, a great man of God. He is where I want to be in life. And he's helped me so much. So God will put people in your life that have success so that you can pick up the clues. Now this is still point one. Success leaves clues. Hey Daniel and Yana on YouTube. God bless you. Success leaves clues. And number two, God's word is a book of instruction and it contains clues for success. That's a good word, Sabrina. We'll see if the Lord pulls him into my life. Amen. God's word is a book of instruction and it holds the clues that you need for success. So, Joshua chapter 1. We're going to read what God said to Joshua. Because we know the Bible says in Acts chapter 10, verse 34, that surely God is no respecter of persons. So what God did for people's lives in the Bible and what God's doing for people's lives today is applicable to you. There's nothing that God has given to somebody or has promoted somebody or has enhanced somebody or graced somebody in the Bible that he can't do for you. It says he doesn't show favorites. He's not a respecter of persons. God will do it for your life. Joshua chapter 1. Listen to what God says to Joshua. And you got to remember, Joshua carried such an anointing. God favored Joshua so much that he spoke to the sun in midday and commanded the sun to stay still for more than 24 hours while he finished a battle. That is an anointing. That's one of the greatest signs and wonders that you see in the entire Bible, if not the greatest one. That is favor with the Lord. So it's important to see what God says to Joshua because Joshua had good success. He led God's people into the promised land. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. You know, the Bible says, in John chapter 15, 14, 15, and 16, as Jesus is explaining the Holy Spirit, the promise of God's Holy Spirit, which correlates with Galatians 3, when Paul wrote that God preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand when he said, through you all nations will be blessed and they'll receive the promised Holy Spirit. So Jesus also said in John chapter 16, all that the Father has is mine. And all that the Father's given to me, I give to you by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is actually your sealment of inheritance that you've inherited heaven and you've inherited the earth. 
So the same way that God told Joshua, everywhere you put your foot is land I've given to you, is the same dominion and authority that Christians have over the earth today. The Bible said that the heavens are the Lord's, that the Lord sits in the heavens. Even though God owns the earth, he created the earth, it said that he gave dominion of the earth to mankind. Now, Satan stripped that dominion from Adam and Eve, but Jesus got it back when he paid the price, said he went into the lowest parts of the earth, and he took back the keys of death and the grave. And when he rose again, he gave authority back to the children of God. So now everywhere you go is land that belongs to God. It belongs to the kingdom of God. So as a kingdom endorser, as a, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not an, uh, I'm trying to think. I can't remember now. Ambassador. That's the word I'm looking for. An ambassador. Hey, Brother Colton. As an ambassador of Christ, everywhere you put your foot is land that God has given to you. You must understand that in order to have good success in life. If you believe that the devil owns the earth, which he is the God of this world for the, for the wicked, for the sinners, he doesn't, he doesn't own any Christians. He doesn't own any churches. Well, I guess I can't say that. <laughs> He's not supposed to own any churches, any real churches. The devil is under your feet. That's rule number one that you must understand in order to have good success in life. The devil is under your feet. And the earth is the fullness, is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And he's given it to you. Verse 4, from the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you and I will not forsake you. Be strong and courageous for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Being careful to do what? Underline this, highlight it, verse 7. According to do all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. So we know that we're not under the law anymore, but God's law is his word. There's still commandments in the word. Now, the law does not make us righteous anymore, but we still obey and meditate on God's word for good success. And listen to this. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. Don't get off the path that you may have underlined this good success wherever you go. Joshua chapter one, verse seven. I want you to highlight that and underline it. Meditate on God's word. Do not depart from it. And you will have good success wherever you go. Verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. I want you to type this in the comments. Say, I make my way prosperous. I make my way prosperous. Now, is it by the grace and blessing of God? Absolutely. But we are responsible for the path that our feet take in life. We determine if we make our way prosperous by obeying God's word. Let's finish it here. Verse 9. Have I not commanded? Oh, and it said, and then you will have good success twice. In two verses, three times technically. 
Have I, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So the Bible says God has a plan for you. God's word has a plan for your feet and the steps that you take in life. A lot of people will get caught up in this misconception and they'll say something stupid like God's in control. But God is as much in control of this world and the people that live in it as a landlord is of a property that he manages or that he owns, but he doesn't manage. So that's the, the example I always like to give. Is God sovereign? Absolutely. Is he in control? No. God being in control would go against your free will. God is not in control. He is sovereign. He owns the universe. He owns you. He owns me. He owns this planet. But the same way that a landlord owns a property, it doesn't mean he's in control of the tenants that are living there. He doesn't determine the, the decisions that they make in life. He doesn't determine whether or not they destroy the property. He doesn't determine whether or not they take care of the property. He doesn't determine whether or not they pay their rent, if they pay what to do him. No, that's the same way that the people are with the earth. God is sovereign, but people are responsible. That's why you'll see people that say something like, oh, God's in control, but they're in their fourth round of rehab. No, God's not in control of why you're in rehab. Now the devil got you hooked on drugs and hooked on drinking, but you are the one that made the decision in life to put your feet on that path. I'm glad it looks like it's clicking for Levi. Praise the Lord. I'm glad you're getting something out of this. So the Bible says when you obey God's word, you build your life on it, it becomes a light to your path, a lamp unto your feet. So God's word will light up your path in life. And once God's word lights up your path in life, you'll know the path to take. That's why the Bible says that the path of the righteous is straight and narrow. Few find it. Because very few people, especially Christians, very few Christians are willing to really build their life based on the word. They want to live their life and think God is in control all the time. But that's not how things work. That's not how things work. God did give you free will because he loves you. He gave you the ability to choose his word and to choose good success in life. I want you to type this in the comments. Say, I choose good success in life. And believe it and speak it. Let it come out of your mouth. Hey, Caesar, good to see you, brother. Hey, Linda, love you. Hey, Margie. Linda said good analogy. Good. I'm glad that this is this is clicking with people. What point are we on? <laughs> point number two. Ah, it's good to hear, Megan. Megan, I was blessed by your Instagram story. Point number two. I want you to write this down in your notebook. It is God's will for me to succeed. It is God's will for me to succeed. If you don't know whether or not God wants you to succeed in life, then you'll think you're doing everything out of selfish ambition. Or you'll restrain because you'll feel like when blessings start to come into your life, you'll feel like you don't deserve them, you didn't earn them, 
which is true. You don't deserve them. But there's something called spiritual laws. And one of the spiritual laws that we see in God's word is that when you obey his word, you will have good success in all you do. See, you have to understand this about God. Every time God speaks, he speaks spiritual laws into existence. Everything in the spirit and everything in the natural runs off of laws. Laws are the framework for the spirit and for the natural. For example, the law of gravity. The law of gravity keeps you on the earth so that you don't float up and go missing. So the same way that the natural earth, physicists have found out that there's natural laws that are the framework for this life and this natural reality. God's word is the framework for spiritual laws in the spirit realm. So when God speaks something, it creates spiritual law which cannot be altered, cannot be changed. Because God said, I am the Lord your God, I do not change. So when God speaks a thing and decrees it, it comes to pass. It becomes spiritual law. For example, it says in Galatians chapter 6, God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that also he reaps. So there's a spiritual law of sowing and reaping. The world calls it karma. It's not karma. It's the spiritual law of sowing and reaping. And because this natural realm is governed by the spirit realm, you are subject to sowing and reaping, whether you like it or not. But the Bible, that's why the Bible says that it is to the glory of God to conceal a matter. God's word hides spiritual truths, and it's to the honor of kings to seek them out. So God gives revelation into the spiritual framework. I didn't realize I was going to go this deep tonight, but praise God. God gives you revelation to enlighten your heart, to enlighten the eyes of your heart and your understanding that you can understand how to access the spiritual laws in life. God's will is for you to succeed. And in order to succeed, you must know God's spiritual laws. God's word is God's spiritual laws. God's promises are God's spiritual laws. When you sow, you reap. And when you reap, you reap pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That's just one example. God told his people in Jeremiah 29, 11, He said, I know the plans I have for you. These are plans for good, plans for hope and a future. Not plans to harm you. Never to harm you, he said. It says in 1 John, I'm sorry, 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, there's only one chapter. But it says, Beloved, I pray that your health prospers even as your soul prospers. See, God is looking for you, spirit, soul, and body, to prosper and have good success in all you do. So you must understand it, write it down, highlight it, believe it, speak it, confess it over your life. God's will is for me to have good success in everything that I do. Good success in my marriage, in my workplace, with my children, with my grandchildren. Always good success. God does not intend for you to fail. God is not a failure. God does not intend for you to sin. God is not a sinner. God does not intend for you to go backwards in life. He wants to pull you higher. So you will have good success in the year 2022.
in Jesus' mighty name. Understand that, believe it, it is God's will for me to have good success in life. But my success is determined by my obedience to God's word. God's word, I heard it put this way, is not a buffet. You don't get to just pick and grab what you like and put off to the side what you don't like. God said live holy, you got to live holy. God said you, you got to give your life to Jesus, you got to give your life to Jesus. He said you got to tithe, you got to tithe. God's word is his will. Point number three, God has no favorites. I want you to write that down. Other than me, I am God's favorite. But besides me, God has no favorites. I want you to write that down. God has no favorites. When you have revelation of this, then you'll know that what God did for Abraham, what God did for Moses, what God did for Joshua, what God did for David, for Solomon, for Jesus, for Paul, for Peter, what God did for anybody, God will do it for me. You have to understand that. That's Acts chapter 10, verse 34. Acts chapter 10, verse 34. Hey, as you're watching right now on YouTube and on Instagram, I want you to share this live stream with somebody. And if you're watching on YouTube, give it a thumbs up. Like it because it pumps it out to more people. Share this with somebody. We all know somebody in our life who it seems like their car is always breaking down. Seems like they're always having issues in their marriage. They're having issues with their kids. It just seems like like torment and curse just follows them. Send this to that one person that you know needs to hear a message on God blessing them in order to have success in life. It'll help them out a lot. It was a message like this that genuinely changed my life. That's very right. We're all God's favorites. Amen. I'm still his favorite favorite, but that's beside the point. Number three, God does not have favorites. What God did for them, God will do for you. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. This is a chapter that you should be very well acquainted with. But I'm going to tie it with something that maybe you haven't heard before. Hi, Lily on YouTube. Margie on YouTube. Kadea on YouTube. Hopefully I didn't just butcher that. Jay Kennedy on YouTube. God bless you guys. It's so cool to watch our YouTube family expand. We're growing. We're growing. This is good. This is good. If you're getting something from this message tonight, I want you to put a hand clap emoji in the comments for me. Deuteronomy chapter 28, as you're typing that, as you're typing that, I'm going to read Deuteronomy 28 for you. Jazzy said, you're boasting of how much of God's favorite you are. That's 100% right. I am. He likes me a lot. Hey, Misty Porter, God bless you. Blessings for obedience. Now remember, it doesn't say blessings for just being a Christian. It doesn't say blessings for just going to church. It doesn't say blessings for reading your devotional. It doesn't say blessings because your mom and your dad were Christians. It says blessings for obedience. God's blessings follow those that are obedient to his word. Did you know in Psalm 138 verse 2, 
It's the only verse in the entire Bible that says God exalts his word above his own name. God holds his word to the highest level in all of creation. God exalts his word above his name. If God puts that much importance on his word, how much more are we to put importance on the word of God? Amen? Amen. Deuteronomy 28, starting in verse 1. I'm just going to read these off to you. You can highlight them, write them down, and believe these because these are promises for you. If you'll connect your faith, if you'll listen to these, if you'll read them, if you'll believe them, if you'll walk in them, these are for you. And if, first two words, very important, and if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, so it's conditional, God's blessings are conditional. You can't earn them, but you can open the spiritual door to receive them. And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. If God sets you high above the nations of the earth, is that good success or is that bad success? Ding, ding, ding. That is good success. God says the very first promise he makes, if you obey my voice, if you'll hearken to my word, if you'll build your life on this book and never depart from it, I'll set you above nations in the earth. Look at, um, look at Samaritan's Purse, Billy Graham's ministry that he started. Samaritan's Purse has the last time I heard over 600 million dollars in the bank that is more than some nations god raised that ministry higher than a nation just like he said in his word you think about billionaire companies like colgate crafts mac and cheese chick-fil-a you look at all of these and these are all christian organizations um heinz heinz 57 was christian welch's the grape juice started off as a communion company these are all hundreds of million, if not billion dollar organizations that God took men and set them above nations because they believed his word. Praise the Lord. If you'll obey my voice and hearken to my word, I'll set you high above all the nations of the earth. Verse 2, and all of these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Now, the picture I've always gotten about this verse is that when you obey God's word and you're walking on your path, you're going along, God's leading you, you're cruising at a nice steady pace, all of a sudden, like a wave, I used to, I used to spend a lot of time in the ocean. I lived in Hawaii and in California and in Alaska. I've been in the ocean a lot. And I don't know if you've ever been on the beach and you're like walking in from the ocean and you don't hear a big wave behind you until the last second and it just takes you out. And you land like face first in the sand. That's how I always imagined it. As you're walking on this path, it says God's blessings overtake you. As if they come about you from behind. You don't even have to try. You just believe his word. You do what it says. You're obedient. And then you watch God's blessings overtake your life. If you'll obey the voice of the Lord your God. And these are all the blessings. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the field. That means there is nowhere you can go where you will not be blessed. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb, your children, 
and blessed of your ground and the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. So increase in finances. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. You'll be blessed in every area of your life, in every destination, every place, every item. Doesn't matter where, what, who, or when. You are blessed. And that word blessed means to multiply abundantly. Hey, Holly, God bless you. Blessed. Blessed, 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 blessed. I think about uh, those old Kenneth Hagin videos where you watch him and he just walk around saying, Be blessed! And people just get whacked with the anointing. <laughs> Verse 7. The Lord will cause your enemies who come against you to be defeated before you. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on your barns and in all that you undertake. That's talking specifically about finances. And not just, not just the money you have in your hand or your job. It says what you undertake, but also what you have in your barns, your savings account. What you have saved up, you'll have such excess. The Bible says God will command the blessing on your savings account and what you undertake. You'll multiply in every area of your life. And he will bless you in the land that the Lord your God has given you. The Lord will establish you as a people holy to himself as he swore to. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. I want you to type this in the comments. I will walk in God's ways. You know, the difference between Moses and the Israelites and why they each had a different relationship with God. It said that Moses and Joshua sat up on the mountain of Mount Sinai, I believe it was, when God's throne came upon the mountain. And it said Moses and Joshua sat in the presence of God. And when they sat in the presence of God, they had communion with God. They had relationship with God. Moses was the only one allowed into the Holy of Holies. And it says, because Moses knew God's ways, the Israelites knew God's actions. So the Jews had seen God provide manna from the, from the heavens, water from the rock, the cloud by day, the fire by night. They'd seen all of these great things, but they didn't know God's ways in their heart. That's why they grumbled at the Lord. But Moses knew God's ways. When you know God's ways, he draws you in. And the Bible says, as you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. As you draw near to him and you know his ways, you understand his ways, you believe his ways, you walk in his ways, God draws near to you. Verse 10, and all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity. There's that word that a lot of people cringe at, but it's the reality prosperity a lot of people say Taylor, are you a prosperity preacher do you believe in prosperity i believe more in prosperity than just about anything else it's impossible to read the bible and to not see that when people obey god they prosper abraham prospered richest man on the planet when he was alive same thing with uh moses moses prospered joshua prospered david prospered solomon prospered they all prosper. Now, a lot of people will say, well, yeah, exactly. That's right, Cole. What's the other option? Be a, pro be a poverty preacher? What's, 
I remember uh, Brother Jonathan always shares that story of Kofi <laughs> when, when Evangelist Kofi was in Bible college. And Kofi believed in prosperity and uh and uh <laughs> and his Bible professor said something like, Well, you know, Jesus didn't drive a Jesus didn't drive a Land Rover or something like that. And the professor drove a Ford Taurus. And Kofi said, Well, he didn't drive a Ford Taurus either. And the professor shut up after that. It's impossible to read the Bible. And to not understand that prosperity, the abounding blessing of the Lord, comes when you're plugged in with Him. Now, if you're a sold-out Christian and you're not experiencing prosperity in your life, watch a couple of my videos and that'll change very quickly. It's just because of an ignorance. You don't understand how God's Word works and how the spiritual laws work. But when you plug into them, they work for everybody. God shows no partiality. Amen? Amen. Man, you will abound in prosperity. In the fruit of your womb and in the fruit of your livestock and in the fruit of your ground within the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens, to give the rain to your lands in its season and bless all the work of your hands. He'll even bless the work of your hands. That's right, Colt. I wish above all things that you would prosper in your health and even as your soul prospers. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you shall only go up and not down. I want people to highlight that, underline it. I remember I asked Evangelist Jonathan one time, what's the one revelation that you would say genuinely changed your life? And this was his answer. He said, I received revelation that you can really only go up in life and not down. When he received that revelation, it changed everything in his life. You don't have to have a life where you take two steps forward and one step back. The Bible says you can go up and only up. Victory to victory. Strength to strength. Faith to faith. Glory to glory. And ever increasing. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, being careful to do them, and if you do not turn aside from any of the words that I command you today to the right hand or to the left, or to go after other gods. No more ups and downs, like Colton said. Only ups and ups. Only ups and ups. Praise the Lord. Now I want to finish with, with one more thing. Luke chapter 6. Go with me to Luke chapter 6. This is where a lot of people tend to miss it. So they'll hear a message like this and they'll say, All right, I believe it. Yep, God wants me blessed. God wants me to have good success. All right, all right, all right. Praise God. Just got to obey His word. And then they forget this part. Luke chapter 6, verse 40. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. It says in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12, Be followers of those who through faith and patience have obtained the promises of God. So you can write that down. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. Be followers of those who through faith and patience 
have obtained the promises of God. In Luke chapter 6, verse 40, a student is not greater than their teacher, but when they've become like their teacher, they'll get what their teacher has. So, the key is although you read these promises given to Abraham, given to Moses, given to Joshua, given to David in Psalm chapter 1, although you know these promises are true, and in Christ, yes and amen, the reality is, in order to obtain them, you have to do what was done by those that obtained the promises. So, when it comes to offerings, what was Abraham asked to sacrifice? His only son. The one promise he cared about the most. When God called Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, he said, Abraham, I will bless you in order to make you a blessing. He even said the, the modern version of that would be, Abraham, leave your father's house and go to a land that you can't see, but that I promise is waiting for you and I'm going to make you rich and famous. The dude's 75 years old living with his parents. And God said, I'm going to make you rich. I'm going to make you famous. And I'm going to put you in a land that is flowing with milk and honey. Talk about faith. But the promise out of all those that Abraham loved the most was his son. He even said it. All right, God, I believe you. But where's my son? It's been 10 years. Where's the son you promised me? I have no one to take in all these blessings. You promised me a son. And then when he had the son, that was the one thing God asked him to sacrifice. But the Bible says by faith, Abraham knew that God had promised him that all the world would be blessed through his son Isaac. So even if he had to kill Isaac, he knew God would raise him from the dead. That's what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, by faith. So I said all of that to say, in order to have what Abraham had, you must do what Abraham did. Abraham gave tithes. Abraham gave offerings. Abraham was willing to give up his only son for the kingdom of God. Pretty amazing. Amazing. Praise the Lord. So, let me read that again. Luke chapter 6, verse 40. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Lauren Daly asked a good question. She said, is not treasure in heaven greater than treasure on earth? 100%. But why pick one when God said you can have both? Not one time did Abraham ever say, well, I know that you promised you'd make me rich, God, but I just want the I just want the riches that are in heaven. David and Solomon, they never said, All right, God, I know that you promised to make me rich. In fact, you actually promised to make me the richest person on the planet in all of existence. But I just want the riches that are in heaven. That's a religious thing that a lot of people try to get you to believe. You don't have to pick. The riches in heaven are based on how you handle your riches in this life, actually. Praise God. Because the Bible says there's a reward system based on how we live this life. That it's appointed to every man to die once and then the judgment. And when we're judged, the Bible says that we'll be judged for all works, good and evil, that are done in this body. And then we'll be rewarded based on our works. Praise the Lord. You don't have to pick. You don't have to pick. You can have both.
That's how good God is. I know a lot of people can't believe that. But it's true. He never said you had to pick. Now, here's where people fall short. People will mess up when their riches own them. That's why the Bible says it's the love of money that is the root of all evil. Not money itself, the love of money. When you become in love with the blessing, when you become in love with the riches, that is when it owns you. If your money owns you, then you have an issue. But the best thing about God is God tests your heart. God watches how you handle money right now, and based on how you handle the little that you have now, determines whether or not God will increase you. So God is wise about it. God doesn't bless you beyond what you can handle. Praise the Lord. So a student is not greater than their teacher. In order to acquire what it is that people in the Bible, the heroes of faith had, we must believe God. And we must follow in those footsteps. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Well, mm, this is great. Hi, Stacy, on YouTube. God bless you. I want to see if there's anything else I'm missing here. Ah, let me cover this final thing. Let me cover this final thing for you. In Numbers chapter 13, you see a very powerful story. Now, this is the story of the 12 spies that were sent out to go spy out the promised land. Now, God had promised Abraham and promised his descendants that the land was already theirs. But there were giants in the land. And the 12 spies went and they even brought back fruit from the land. And they said, wow, it really is a rich land. I wonder, yeah, if God didn't want you blessed. He would put you in like a, a desert that has nothing, right? Nope. God put his children in the best land possible, flowing with milk and honey, with massive fruits. God takes care of his kids. But 10 brought back what the Bible calls an evil report. An evil report. And they said there's giants in the land. There's enemies in the land. The walls are too high. There's, there's too much. We can't take it. But two people... Joshua and Caleb came back and they said, no, God promised us that's our land. And we are well able to take the land. And the Bible says in Numbers chapter 14, God said Caleb had a different spirit about him. That was the spirit of faith. God moves on those with the spirit of faith. Those in unbelief are wicked in the eyes of God. The Bible says unbelief is a sin, one of the greatest sins in the eyes of God. When you don't believe God's word, it's unbelief. It's wicked to God. But here's what I want you to understand. Those 12 came back and they all said a message. Now, who got what they said? All 12 of them. At first, you think, well, the, the two got what they said. They said, we're well able, able to take the land, and so they took it. You're right. But the 10 also got what they said. They said, we're not able to take the land. And they got exactly what they said. So it's time for you to start believing God's word. 
and declaring God's promises over your life and walking them out going into 2022, and you're going to get what God says about you. If you believe it, you confess it, you walk it out, God's word will come to pass in your life. That's why his promises are yes and amen. And I saw somebody uh, put some scripture in there. I'm assuming it's probably something knocking prosperity. So I'll just read one more Bible verse that will really shut people up. Psalm chapter 112. And I mean, I could go on like I if anybody tried to argue with me whether or not God wants you to be blessed financially, I would spank them like I would spank you before chapter 14 of the book of Genesis. Like I could spank it would be unbelievable how easily I could spank you. Psalm chapter 112. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Verse 3, wealth and riches are in his house. Wealth and riches are in his house. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. Wealth and riches are in his house. It means spiritual wealth and spiritual riches. No, it doesn't. It says wealth and riches are in his house. Not in heaven, not in his mansion in glory, in the sweet by and by, in his house. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, those are the keys in order to have good success in life. God said, obey my word. Do what my word says. Listen to it. Don't turn away from it. Don't live a life of sin. Don't live a life in the world. Don't live a life doing what everybody else does. Go a different direction. Choose this day like Joshua said. You can serve who you want. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. When you serve God's word and you're sold out for him, God will give you good success in life. God is looking to bless you, not to harm you. It's on every white girl's Starbucks cup as they walk into church every Sunday morning. Amen. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11. God is looking to bless you, never to harm you. Plans for a hope and plans for a future. God will take you up. I got born again about four and a half years ago. And I know what it's like to live a life of torment. I was addicted to painkiller meds. I was drinking almost every day of the week. I was moving from relationship to relationship. Yeah, dude, I'm sorry. I got to. You guys might call me mean for this, but this jazzy girl has like a negative five IQ. I don't think she understands anything I'm saying, so I just blocked her. <laughs> that was probably not the, the most pastoral thing of me, but whatever. It's getting on my nerves. Anyway. Anyway, I know what it's like to live that life. But ever since I got born again, my life has done nothing but gotten better. Man, my... My finances have been blessed. My relationships have been blessed. Everything. God's done nothing but taken me higher. God's done nothing but put better people in my life. God's done nothing but increase me and expand me and bless me in every way possible in this life. And it's only the beginning. And I'm telling you, 2022 is going to be the best year that I've ever had and that you've ever had if you stay plugged in to the word of God. God's will is for you to have good success in life. God will bless you today. He put his spirit in you and upon you to give the devil hell on earth. Don't go one day without reminding the devil that he's under your feet. You can write, you can write hello on the bottom of your shoes. So he says, he sees that you're saying hi every day. 
warrior said, wow, you blocked her. God is love, my brother. Reflect God's love and don't act worldly, Taylor. That's not worldly. This is my account. I can do whatever I want. I'll block you too. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If someone came into your house and was acting like a fool, would you just let them act like a fool and say, well, God loves the fools? No, actually, the Bible says in Proverbs, God despises the fool. So you kick the fool out of your house. If someone's going to act foolish in my live stream, they get kicked out of my live stream. That's why it's called my live stream. Amen. Amen. Well, everybody, I'm going to give you an opportunity to sow some seed today as your faith is blessed. Like we saw, in order to have good success like Abraham had, we must do what Abraham did. A disciple is not better than the one that they're following. So in order to be a good disciple, you want the blessings Abraham had? Give the way that Abraham gave. Amen. As you guys know, we fed a thousand kids for Christmas this weekend. One of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. What a blessing to feed a thousand kids. And starting up in January, we're going to be back to feeding 30 kids every single day. So if you have a heart to see the gospel reach the multitudes. We reached over 200 million people in the past two years now through social media and in-person evangelism. And we fed a thousand kids for Christmas. We helped birth a church. Uh, we've just, it's been unbelievable. We have 10 other uh, ministries that we help out financially every month. It's like God has just expanded us in amazing ways. It's been such a blessing. So I want you to believe God at his word today. It says in Malachi chapter three, give tithes and give offerings. And when you honor God in your tithes and offerings, he'll open the windows of heaven for you. He'll pour out a blessing so big that you can't even take it in anymore. Hallelujah. So be a cheerful giver today. Ask God, what would represent your best today? Ask God, God, what would represent my best? And give financially what would represent your best. Your best. Your best. <laughs> Just like Abraham did. Isaac represented Abraham's best. What do you believe in God for in 2022? Sow now and expect to reap in 2022 what it is that you sow this year. Believe God. Give today what represents your best. And watch God bless you tremendously in 2022. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, we just got a... We just got some support on PayPal. Praise the Lord. Thank you for your giving. Michael Minlin. God bless you. I give people shout outs as you give as well. Anybody that gives today, I'll send you... Jeremy said, I'm believing for perfect mental health. Amen. So for that and watch what God does. The Bible says he'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. God rebukes Satan when people give. When you give, God rebukes Satan on your behalf. Any person that gives today financially, you'll receive my book, The Honor of Kings. And it teaches you what the Bible says about money. You'll get it absolutely for free as a way for me to say God bless you. So you can give, you can give through my website, revivalway.com, go to click partner financially today, or you can give through Venmo, through Cash App, and through PayPal. And if you give through Venmo, through Cash App, or through PayPal, go to my website after you give and click claim my offer. And when you click claim my offer, you'll be able to get my free book to bless you for giving today. So ask the Lord, what would he have you give? Write it down on a piece of paper, I always tell people. What do you believe in God for? For me, 
I've been believing God for a for a new vehicle. I'm looking to buy a Cadillac. I've been believing God for open doors. So when I sow financially, like I've given uh, over $1,600 in seed for a new vehicle. And another $1,000 for uh, just to a certain pastor to believe God for more monthly partners and more people to come into my life. I write them down on my whiteboard. So ask God what would represent your best today. And I'm going to pray with you. And thank you ahead of time for your giving. I like how uh, Isaiah and Pastor Vlad say, we don't dine and dash. So when people come on here and they hear the word, we don't dine and dash. You don't get a good word and then leave without giving an offering. We don't dine and dash. We're givers here. I know my followers are givers. You guys love the kingdom. Praise the Lord. On YouTube, I got my Christmas music up. Darion, thank you for your giving on Cash App. God bless you, brother. I still have a feeling someone's going to give $10,000. There's someone with a business that needs their business blessed. Someone's going to give ten grand. I can just feel it. Just feel it. It'll be the best ten grand they ever gave. I remember the first time I gave $1,000. I gave $1,000 to a pastor. And I sent it to him. And it was like my heart was pounding. And it was the most I'd ever given at one time before. I was like, wow. that's a." At the time, I was like, wow, that's a lot of money. Now it's like, that's that's not a lot of money. But at the time, I was that was a lot of money. And I remember when I gave that $1,000, it changed my life. It broke poverty off of my life forever. And it gave me access to this man of God, which was great. Just amazing. All right, everybody, as you're asking the Lord what he'd have you give, let me pray with you. Wherever you wrote down what you're believing God for, let's pray together right now. I'm going to join my faith with you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, every person right now that gave financially, I join my faith with them. You said we're to agree on a thing. Let it be established. I join my faith with them now, and I call it done. We declare a mighty harvest over this seed in Jesus' mighty name. Father, bless them in every area. We thank you for your promises in Deuteronomy 28 and Malachi 3 and that they belong to us. And that you said you're not mocked. Whatever we sow, we reap. Hallelujah. And we thank you for it by faith in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for giving today. It means a lot. I'm so thankful for people that give financially to the advancement of God's kingdom, to the increase of Revival Way Ministries, to feeding these kids, to helping the other 10 ministries that we help out every month. It really is a blessing. And I'm so thankful for all of the monthly partners. So thankful for all of you that give financially. God bless you. I love you so much. And we will be back here tomorrow night at 7 p.m. to go over God's second promise, which is protection in Jesus' mighty name. I love you. Adios. I'll see you tomorrow night. Don't forget, one more time before I go, New Year's Revival. On New Year's, 
I'm preaching out here in Iowa. If you didn't see it on Instagram already, I posted a video of it today. Go check it out. It's a great video. And I'll see you in Iowa December 31st at 7 p.m. All right, adios. Father, I just want to thank you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Every time your word goes forth, it never returns void.